0: Hi and welcome to the second season of the Warfare in Conversation podcast. This time I'm joined by friends who in relaxed conversation will walk us through spells of creativity, hardship and what it takes to live a fulfilled life. As always, my deepest thanks extend to everyone who support Warfare, both on and offline, through purchasing the fruits of my own creativity and of all the incredible Warfare artists. And for now, enjoy the episode. For today's conversation, I am joined by my dear friend, Hasham. Hasham is a 27-year-old civil servant who believes life is a lot about relationships and one he values above all is the one he shares with God. For today's episode, both myself and Hasham humble ourselves before our Father and talk about how we found God in our lives. We link sustainability with Christianity and share a wonderful conversation around faith and friendship. I thought, given the time of this episode, it will be appropriate to wish all those who are listening a blessed Christmas and a Happy New Year. And for now, enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure to have you, my long-standing friend.
1: (laughs) Pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great to see our evolution throughout the years, uh, going back to high school days and and now. I know. Being... I feel
1: like back in high school, right? I, I don't think we were as close in high school to be honest. I think we we were like we had friends in mutual, and obviously your sister was like best friends with my sister, so we would always hang. We would always end up hanging out, but I don't think we intentionally hung out one to one. Whereas after school, it's funny because mm-hmm. I think we do intentionally hang out. So.
0: That's true yeah yeah growing stronger yeah (laughs) yeah nice um i wanted to kick us off by asking you uh, hopefully a simple question hopefully a positive question Mm -hmm. um about one good thing that happened to you in the recent past
1: so recently one good thing that happened to me is that my job got slightly easier um so i used to be based in the i used to be like based in the office and dealing with um, people um and I had appointments, so I was doing that um i 'm a civil servant by the way, for those of you who don 't know um, but I recently got a new role, and i 'm now back office and i 'm working from home it 's hybrid okay now you would think, oh yeah, like he just doesn 't deal with people, but it 's also like I have more time because i 'm not spending a lot of time in commuting, so I have more time to spend with my family, I have more time to like kind of spend with my wife and um, she's a, she's been quite appreciative of it mm. as well and so have I I've just enjoyed this extra time that I have um, for the same pay <laughs> <laughs> that's important. Uh, a little bit less spending on travel mm. so that's one good thing that's happened to me in terms of my job amazing what's one good thing that's happened to you Olga?
0: oh so you're <laughs> throwing it right back yep. at me okay yep. so um, I guess quite a a new thing that I undertook and I think it kind of uh, wraps up nicely with the theme of this conversation um, I feel like I was called to join uh, a number of new community groups because mm-hmm. um, I felt like I was seeking this community feeling Yeah, and I joined the Bible study nice. read through group nice. uh, which is amazing and it has been a great experience It's uh, it's been only about a month that I've been consistently reading and studying the Bible and yeah. this is the first time ever me doing this despite me being um, a Christian and a Catholic for as long as I can remember and mm-hmm. um, so it's been quite a revelation and also lovely to discuss the Bible with fellow Bible readers yeah. and followers yeah uh, I feel like there's so much value in that and yeah, so I think that's one of the great things that happened to me recently.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm just glad. I just think everyone's all about, you know, like being themselves. And if you are a person of faith, why shouldn't you be yourself? Mm. Um, so I'm really, really happy about that. I was going to ask two questions. So what are you guys reading in the Bible study?
0: So we, it works that um, we have every week, we have to read a chapter of the New Testament.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, we were reading Matthew. Uh-huh. And now we're moving on to the next one. So the, the, the idea is that we are tasked to read it and then highlight two to three shares that we call them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we bring those shares, anything that spoke to us, anything mm-hmm. that maybe touched us or was relevant to where we we're at that you know, particular week and that we want to share or maybe something we didn't understand and we want to reflect as a group. Yeah. Um. And then we come together and we discuss those shares. And there's an opportunity for a prayer, which has been another revelation, to be honest. Praying out loud for other people has been mm-hmm. interesting. Because mm-hmm. I usually pray in silence yeah. by myself. Yeah.
1: I know you're from a Catholic background and that's quite yeah, common. That's, yeah. Um. It's actually something that I, when my wife and Gia and I have spoken mm-hmm. about some things... Um, to do with faith I've been mean, like sometimes I really like the Catholic church environment for prayer um, but not s- for other like fellowship aspects I quite like the Christian like Protestant churches for that because kind of like the community just feels a little bit more alive or mm-hmm. it's a bit more real in that sense so yeah it's interesting you said that yeah the second comment I was going to make was I like that you said that I've been brought up as like a Catholic slash Christian I think some people in today's culture. Have, really tried to differentiate between Mm. the two and they'll be oh are you catholic or you christian and they'll be oh what denomination and i think it's all about like separation separation Mm. whereas there is a lot that overlaps between christians catholics and to be honest there's a lot that overlaps between jews as well Mm -hmm. and some that overlaps um with I would say even beyond the Abrahamic religions like you know yeah I just like that you said you know Catholic slash Christian because I think at least with these two there is a lot of similarity there um and to be honest I think the church should be kind of open and unified in that sense
0: yeah I agree I feel like throwing myself into those different communities to what I was um brought up with really opened my eyes to be even more welcoming and I always felt like it doesn't matter what, as you say, denomination or background you're, you're from. I felt like, well, we're all Christians at the end of the day. We mm. all study the Bible. We all follow the Bible. So what is um, all this fuss about? Mm. Just to make it really um, clear and straightforward. Exactly.
1: The key word being there, we're all following mm-hmm. the Bible, right? So as long as everything that you're saying is in line with the word of God, which, which is the Bible, um. I, I don't see what the issue is with someone being a c- Catholic, calling mm. themselves Catholic. Um, I have come across like dem- denominations before where um, some people will believe that only this type of denomination is the right one and will, you know, like have salvation. But mm. I also heard a message once that changed my perspective and they were like, I wouldn't be surprised if you'll find a nun in heaven because she's been living her life exactly according to the bible which is what we're all supposed to do yeah so it's that as long as you're following the word yeah what difference does it make what identity you have identified with in some other aspects you know
0: yeah i wanted to jump um a little bit off topic uh because i think it would be great and valuable to get to know you as a person and where you're coming from i think you have a very interesting story to share uh, would you like to walk us through a little bit of your background, your upbringing and where you're at now?
1: Sure. So my name is Hasham. Um, I am 27. I was born in Pakistan and that's where I lived for about 10 years. Um, so I was a little kid and then we moved to the UK. <clears throat> and then I've spent the last 17 years growing up in Great Britain, <laughs> majorly in Scotland. Um, obviously, we went to the same school together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been an interesting journey in terms of living in places and in different cities. And, um, you know, that I've lived in Stirling for a bit for uni and then I've gone to England for a job and then I've come back. Um, but yeah, uh, at least you get like a nice um, experience living in all the different places.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they really shaped you, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think I think they have, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I
0: know multiple versions of you, which is great to see and that um Evolution.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad some changes happen. Because <laughs> when I think back to you you know, like when you look back five years and you're like, oh god, I was such an idiot. And when you look back like another ten years, you're like, oh, I was an even bigger idiot. So I'm just glad that every year you feel a bit less of an stupid. idiot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's. I think that's positive now. I think that's when. I mean that surely means you're going into the right direction if you can self reflect and. And honestly, tell yourself, I am progressing in the right way.
1: Yes. In, in, in a lot of areas, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's always so much to progress. I'm sure in five years from now, we will, you know, look back at this maybe conversation and then mm. question a lot of, of yeah. where we are at and whatnot but yeah
1: hopefully we won't look back and be like oh we were such idiots hopefully we'll be like yeah that's when we started to you know
0: you know good for as 27 year old yeah
1: exactly <laughs> you're 27 years as well right yes yeah. i am by the way your coffee is so good i just have to compliment okay it. Well. i was <laughs> expecting like some powder coffee and then we started
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm a coffee it's connoisseur creedy, it's nice, it's, it has to be great, great. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Enjoy. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think what's interesting is that you come from Pakistan, which predominantly is not Christian. Can you tell us a little bit more about <clears throat> that?
1: Yes, so on statistics, it says that, you know, 97% of Pakistan is Muslim, and then 3% are other minorities, which is split between... Um, Christians, and Sikhs, and Hindus, and some other, you know, beliefs as well, like Parsis, and um, so there's um, there's quite a diversity there. I do think, this is what I've heard, there are times when sometimes minorities go and register themselves as belonging to an ethnic uh, religious group, and some of them are just told, you know, like, no, we're not putting down your religion. So I do actually think sometimes there's more than that three percent, there have been cases um, that I have heard of where people are refused to be put down as Christians or um, from other ethnic, uh, from other like sort of um, faith backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, sorry, no, we've just got one criteria, we just write down Muslim. So I do think sometimes it's actually more than that 3%, but it's definitely not more than, you know, sort of 5 to 6%. And the, the majority of the country is indeed Muslim. Um, but my family and I, I, as far as I know, um, we were from a. So I don't know if you know the history of India and Pakistan. So they used to be one country mm-hmm. and then the partition happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the partition, obviously, different faith groups like sort of scattered. The majority of Muslims wanted to come here, but there were some Muslims who stayed in India. Mm-hmm. Likewise, some people from other backgrounds, like Christians, Sikhs and Hindus, stayed in, in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So, um, as far as I know, my family was always Christian, but I suspect that one of my ancestors, um, he, he was so used to wearing the turban, which is a Sikh tradition. Mm-hmm. So, we we think that they were from a Sikh background, because he never took his turban off, even if he converted to Christianity, um, so maybe we're from that background as well. Mm. And I know that similar is the story for a lot of other people. They were from, you know, like my sis, my brother-in-law.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: His um, ancestry, he knows, is also from a Sikh background who then converted to Christianity because they felt they found something here. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, we, we've always lived in Pakistan. We've not really converted in my generations, but mm-hmm. I know that somewhere along the line we might have.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um and for you personally, how did you arrive at your faith? What was the journey like for you?
1: Very good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I want to be authentic about it. And I want to um, I wanna say, you know, I do have a story to share there. Mm-hmm. So I've not always been a practicing Christian as such, especially like when we were in school and stuff. I, mm. I don't think I was practicing at that point for me i've grown up around the church but i've not necessarily been a practicing true christian i think the change for me happened when i was 18 um and i was at university and i knew that you know growing up obviously seeds are planted um and i'm glad they were but i wasn't really responding to them in fact i was going in quite a rebellious direction i was um very confused about certain ideas i was very uh, much given to drunkenness and sexual pro- uh, you know promiscuity, everything that is quite common in our culture for young mm. people. I just wanted to be another young person. In fact, there were times when I used to wish, oh, I was just from like a more liberal family. Or mm. <laughs> I could just do whatever I want to do mm-hmm. um, instead of having to hide it. But that was my lifestyle. And um, so, what happened to me in between was Jesus. Um I remember being 18 and I remember like, you know, being at uni and for the first time and kind of really living out the freedom and doing whatever I want to do and being away from family. And at the same time, something in my conscious was open to God. Mm-hmm. Um I think God's put that kind of thirst or hunger for him or this hole that to be needs to be filled in everyone, mm-hmm. to be honest. A lot of the people who I hear um, coming to Christ kind of talk about it like you know they had this desire and sometimes I believe that people have this hunger they try and feel satisfied um, but they look for satisfaction in many other things they'll look for it in drugs they'll mm-hmm. look for it in women or if you're you know a man like that mm-hmm. they'll look for it in riches but actually there is true satisfaction that I think God left to be filled because it can only be filled through him, mm-hmm. um, so there was a part of me that was open to God, but again, I wasn't didn't want to give up my lifestyle as such. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember um, there was a few factors I'd opened up to my sister about my lifestyle, and she, the fun, the interesting thing about my sister is she's always been practicing and she's been the good child, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's always had um, a lot more integrity than I have and then, than I used to have at least, mm-hmm. and she. We were really good friends, so there was that person in my life who would talk about God and would, you know, would be a young person, and she'd be kind of, she's not much older than me, just a year or two, Mm -hmm. and um, she she would talk about God, but then my opinions would be so different, and we would get talking, and I'm like, hey, I like her, I maybe don't practice what she practices, and maybe that my identity is not based in here, but we would talk, and she would share the word of god with me and through some of our conversations i used to be like actually what she's saying is makes sense um but something inside me would disagree and there were there were there was especially this one time i remember when i was like actually what she's saying is right this is the right way to live this is you know goodness is in this lifestyle Mm -hmm. but then something inside me was like mocking what she was saying and i was like i don't even think that i don't want to be a mocker i would like to think i'm a respectable reasonable person even though i'm a worldly person but something inside me was like that and that's when i could differentiate that hey i don't necessarily think like this and there's actually a a deeper story to be there um (laughs) okay a, a bit more supernatural um where i do think there was a spirit in me And that for me was an awakening moment where I'm like, hey, I don't necessarily think like that. But what it is, what is it inside me that is kind of mocking what she's saying, and is being quite disrespectful to Mm -hmm. what she's saying? But I don't think it's me. And that for me was a clicking moment. Like, hey, you say that you're, you know, you say you want to live a different lifestyle. You say you want to be a classy man. You say you want to um, live a worldly lifestyle, but you're not being, you know, like even though you're agreeing something is disagreeing so for me that was like an awakening moment um but and that night we prayed and I was like can we pray because this is how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. and we prayed and we physically felt like we felt a spiritual a supernatural thing happening we saw a vision and funny thing is both of us had our eyes closed when we were praying but we both saw the same thing and we saw a spirit leaving me And that's when I felt so much lighter and I felt like I was able to break free from a lot of things that were holding me back. Um, And I was like, immediately I was like, whoa, like what? But as soon as something left me, I also felt a tangible presence Mm. of God. And I don't know how to describe it to someone who hasn't felt God in a tangible way, Um, but What the Bible calls it is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And it's. uh, I could feel something from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, a tingling presence. And it was something loving. It was someone
0: Mm. who,
1: (laughs) there was a lot of warmth in it. There was no rejection, even though I hadn't really done anything specific to earn, mm. you know, meeting God like that. Mm. But I felt it. And the only things that could explain it was what I knew was more from the Bible, that this is God. And I asked God to fill me. Um, so for me, I know for a lot of people, it might not be a supernatural experience. It might be natural experiences and God can use those 100 percent to direct you towards him. Um, but for me, I was like, whoa, there is a God Because I can't deny what's just happened. Um, And he loves me, Mm -hmm. just as I've been told. And there was uh, other factors as well. Like there was um, an artist, um, a a poet, and he was posting about Jesus on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And he had kind of gone viral and he was trending on Twitter as well. And his poem was on Jesus is, you know, more than religion. He's, He's greater than religion. He's better than religion. And I remember all of those things combined. I was like, whoa, like Jesus is real like this thing just left me and I can feel his presence. So for me, it was a supernatural encounter, but that wasn't the only time. And times like that followed. And I was like, whoa, like God isn't really looking for me to be perfect. He just wanted me to be open and just be genuine with him and be respectful. And he's a he's a loving God. And a major change happened in my life um, in many areas. I felt like There was a lot of confusion. Remember I said about my identity. And Mm. um, I was really clear on who I was. I was really free from certain behaviors that I was addicted to. Like pornography. Mm. Um, I didn't feel like I had to get. I didn't feel like I had to do it. It was more like it felt like a choice. Mm. Um, And even though you still had to resist those things. I just felt this is what they call the grace of God. Like he sets you free from bondage. If it's a a supernatural like kind of thing, if it's a spiritual um, thing for you and you feel like you're addicted to something like pornography or like other things like it, like I know for other people, it's literally been drugs that they used to be addicted to and God sets them free. And there's many stories like that. Like, let's not ignore them. Um, Let's not just call those people crazy because so many of us are having those kind of experiences. Um, For me, it was a lot to do with my sexual identity and I was set free from it, Um, including like this addiction to pornography, including uh, other things that were wrong in my life. And I was like, only God is able to do this. And I just kept feeling his love. And because I felt like he called me out of a place of love rather than punishing me for all those bad things, for then for me to change my behavior, he just won me over Mm. and i just can't deny it like i can't deny god's love i can't deny what i felt that night but also many nights after that i just can't deny it and then that's when i decided that i was going to go back to my uni i was going to go back to my halls but Mm. i was going to declare that i'm a practicing christian Mm. um and i did and some of my friends they just didn't understand they were like do you mean like you had a bit of an epiphany (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I think what happened was a bit more than a realization. Like I didn't want to scare them. Yeah. Um I don't I don't want to scare the people who are listening to the podcast either. But can I just say like you know, nowadays even if you don't believe me completely, but you think that everyone's truth is their truth, right? So mm. why 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 could you not accept that this is my truth and this is my sister's truth and we both saw the same thing leaving me and we both had this and so many of the church have this experience and just be, like, even if you don't, you know, believe everything, but just be open that this is what I have felt and be respectful and or be at least open to the idea that this is how God works in many people's lives. um So... From there on, I leaned into the love of Jesus. I continued reading the book that I was reading um, based on the poet mm. and the author, um, Jefferson Bethke. Mm-hmm. He wrote, Jesus is greater than religion. And that book helped me to draw closer to God and find out, okay, what's he about? He's not about religion. It's clearly not a very religious way I got to him. It wasn't very like, you know you must do this, 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 this. And then God will say, maybe we're good. Mm. It was more like, hey, God is welcoming you. If you, it, it, God loves you. He's calling you. He can set you free from things that you're addicted to. Um, He just wants you to be open to him. Um, And me hearing that, me believing that he loves me changed a lot. And I just can't, like I can't get enough of Jesus (laughs) like even now when I try different things um in life um you know you try to find satisfaction in so many places and you do like you find satisfaction in other things as well but the ultimate satisfaction and the ultimate peace my source of peace is from Jesus um so my me coming to faith is not out of my family forcing me it's not out of a place of I need to do this to get to heaven. It's more out of a place of God does love me and he loves everybody and I'm responding to that love.
0: Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing (laughs) that testimony. I mean, um, what was coming uh, round and round in my head was this idea of what is faith to begin with. Mm. And I think it's interesting just to think about how much, but also how little it takes to trust God and let him steer your life into the direction that he knows is best for us. So I feel like faith is almost trusting God with your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I, in my study group, we were reading Matthew and there is the same message being reiterated over and over again. So Matthew thirteen fifty eight says that, and he didn't do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Mm. And then it goes on to, I'm sure you know this one, where Peter goes down out of the boat and he walks on water towards Jesus.
1: Mm.
0: And then he sees the wind and he's afraid and he begins to sink. And then he cries out, Lord, save me. Mm. Um, So I feel like there is that reoccurring message of we are so easily um, put at test with our faith. And Mm. I feel like it happens every single day. It happens to me all the time. Where, you know, you have to actively um, pursue faith in order to receive that salvation from Mm. god for whatever it is you know an addiction or even anxiety or stress or relationship problems or whatever else Um, i feel like it takes true um full and honest trust that Mm. kind of giving your life away almost it's like you're jumping and you're um you know that there will be that father who will grab you who will catch you Mm. but you need to trust that he's there and that's the faith. And only if we can let go, you know, of these things that we have no control over, only then he will perform those miracles.
1: Yeah. It's it's actually really interesting you've mentioned anxiety, because I think that's such a common and widespread issue in our generation. Mm. And I do think it's at a larger scale than the generation before. And clearly we're getting something wrong. There's something that we're doing as a generation or a lifestyle or a belief system that we have that is causing us to fear I do think it's rooted Uh, anxiety is obviously fear a sense of fear and a sense of this dark cloud being all over you and something's going to go wrong but you can't quite put your finger on it um and to be honest I've struggled with it and the funny thing is I have struggled with anxiety after and many years after I became uh, a Christian and I, I was like what like why is this happening to me um And you can try and find like different reasons and all of this. Um, And I can also see some of at least some of the good that came from it. Mm. Um, But again, I did struggle with it and I sometimes do struggle with it now as well. But one thing I have is this belief that God is with me through it all because he said it that he is. Yeah. Like you're reading from Matthew and towards the end of Matthew, Jesus ends by saying, I am with you always even until the end of time. Mm-hmm. So as long as we are alive, as long as this world is here and we have a clock ticking somewhere that like there is time, you know, um he is with us and after that it's he will be with you if you've chosen in this life to be with him even after in yeah. eternity as well. And I feel like sometimes when you're in a bad place I've literally just believed like you know in that moment I I close my eyes and I'll I'll just be like God is with me, I'll remind myself of the truth and then I will walk in that faith and I feel like for me the journey from anxiety has gotten from really bad to actually a lot better Um, whereas the people that I'm kind of used to working in as I said like I was used to dealing with claimants and I would sometimes see other people without faith um, and I would see that they are getting worse with even if they're having medication. And one time I asked someone, I was like, how are you doing with medication and mm. things like that? And there's nothing wrong with it. but yeah. And that works for some people. And there's I'm not saying, disclaimer, I'm not saying that God and science are on opposite spectrums. I actually think a lot of times they're on the same spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and God gave people wisdom to come up with mm. medicines to help people. But I do think that sometimes if you... Even if you you know think that this there is one way out of it, it doesn't work for everyone, unfortunately. And I saw that some people were going in the opposite direction, where they had they started with a place of anxiety, and then they were just becoming more and more consumed with it. Whereas I feel like one thing that's been kind of saving me is my hope in Jesus. Yeah. For me to feel better, for me to know that He is there, and I do think that hope is really important for everyone.
0: Yeah, and I yeah, it's it's absolutely true that our generations are struggling with anxiety and depression, um, like no other before. Mm. And I think it is absolutely correlated to lack of faith and the diminishing faith that people have. And I think there there must be some sort of even just if you don't you know actually believe in let's say a religion, you could have faith in something else, and that could work for you. It could be a way for you to deal with um, being anxious and whatnot, but I feel like a lot of people just reject having faith.
1: They'll accept everything else. They'll accept yeah. medicines, and yes, yeah. that works for people. I'm not saying it doesn't, mm-hmm. but it, like they just re- they'll accept everything except God. Like it's okay to ask God for help. It's okay to pray about it, and it. You know, I, I do believe there will be cases where God has taken, and I have heard of testimonies where God has taken anxiety from people like that mm. in a click of a finger. Um, but I've also seen people, have it happen through seasons, and then they're completely better. I personally feel like for me, it's happening in seasons where one season I'll be slightly better, one season I'll be slightly better. There will be seasons where I'm slightly worse if I'm not spending much time with God and things like that. But he has been kind of helping me get to a much better place. Um, where I'm able to live and, and thrive in many to be honest like um, a lot of people would look at what I have and would be like I just wish I could have this I wish I could I was just as confident as that I wish I w- wasn't afraid of you know as much as I am now wish I could just speak like this guy so just be thankful for where I am
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yet somehow be able to empathise with the people who are also going through anxiety and be like hey I know what it's like and actually I do believe that one good thing you know like I was saying one good thing that's come out of it when I was dealing with other people who were um, anxious in my workplace, I was just able to empathize with them. I mm. knew what they kind of needed, and mm. I I had this feedback from two, three different play- customers that I was dealing with, and they were like, "Can I please see you again?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, of course." And they were like, "When you," and these were specifically people who had anxiety. And they were like, oh, when we deal with you, we feel like you just, you know, exactly what would help Mm. Um, when, you know, I've dealt with you here and you knew exactly what, how to solve it. And it's because I knew like, if you're anxious, your fear levels are going to be that little bit higher. Yeah. Um. And there's one thing to kind of understand that. And there's one thing to have experienced it. Mm. And you're like, what can I do? Like, you just go that extra mile to say, okay, well, they're probably thinking, okay, this is solved. But what else could be wrong? And you're just trying to, you know, solve everything for them. You want to put them at ease. Um, So that's one good thing. I feel like that's one way God can help you help others. Um, But I also believe there is healing. And I believe there's complete healing from anxiety. And if it happens for me, like it's happened for some other people where one day they wake up and it's completely gone, I wouldn't be surprised because that's kind of what I'm praying and hoping for.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think with enough faith, miracles happen, as we were told. Yeah. And they yeah. do. And there are so many testimonies to that. So, yeah. Um, I think it is almost like, can you have enough courage to be faithful and have hope um, that your prayers will be answered? Mm-hmm. I I mean, personally, I feel like, it's interesting because you might think that the minute you sort of decide and maybe um you know the first miracle happens to you and you decide that this is the path you're willing to take you might feel like that's it and you become almost like you have this temptation to settle down and you know you think that would be it no more struggles come your way you know it's it's smooth sailing from now on Mm. and you sort of forget that it takes all that work it takes continuous effort to have faith and to keep up that relationship with god um and In then fact, when and then i feel mm-hmm. like when struggles do come our way a lot of people turn away from yeah god
1: yeah because i think sometimes and this is where i think i want to be quite honest and i'm so glad that you already are thinking along those lines because if this is l- like when you're coming to god let's be real We are not going to sell this lifestyle of come to Jesus and you'll never have an issue again. Mm. If we tell you this and you come to Jesus, yes, he does a lot. Like I know that in the beginning of my faith with Jesus, he took so many troubles away from me. And I've been I've I've experienced physical healing as well since then. Mm -hmm. That's what I was saying. It's not, you know, the only time I felt the supernatural presence of God. I have physically been healed Um, as well in a leg pain that I had and you know there was someone who was praying and I was like can you pray for me and they did in the name of Jesus it was gone God does miracles but at the same time another thing is God wants you to once he has shown you himself right he wants you to kind of be authentic just like just like a father or I would even say a friend Mm. Um, I think if you had a friend where you've done them plenty of favors and things are in your control to you know like give them a great life and you do that and they are your friend in response they become your friend but are they only going to stick around and be your friend when things are going great or if they're going through a crap time are they just going to turn around and literally like call you names and tell all your secrets and tell everybody that you're a horrible person Mm. or are they going to just trust that even if things go slightly sour I'm going to stick with this friend because you know I have a belief that he is a good guy. Yeah. I have a belief that he is he's everything will be fine in the end. I know that I know that he all, he usually comes around. So even if they take, you know, that extra two weeks to come around because they're busy with something else or whatever it is, are you gonna stick by that friend because he has already shown you his goodness? So can you just trust that he is actually good enough? And I'm not saying I've been perfect and always only having positive and amazing thoughts towards god or amazing words even um sometimes i have complained sometimes i've been like i don't feel like god loves me you know like Mm. i've had a little cry sometimes when Mm. things had gone really sour one time um and i was like i don't think god loves me (laughs) but but actually he does and i wish i hadn't said it because i came to realize that he does Mm. i came to realize that he was always with me just like he said i came to realize that sometimes when bad things happen it's not that God doesn't love you it just means that it's a trial um, of your faithfulness and you're supposed to also show that you can also be a good friend mm-hmm. I do think it's a responsive relationship that God asks for and not simply um, a you know like a comfort a place of comfort it's it's like a real relationship where you have ups Mm -hmm. definitely will have ups that's why so many of us are choosing to stay Christian but you will also have downs and just you know be faithful in response um, because that's what God calls us to do and that's that's me saying that to myself as much as I'm saying it to other people
0: yeah I mean it's really interesting because one of my when I was sort of trying to figure out what we will talk about one of the things that come to mind is being a friend of God not just his child Mm. and that just came to me Hmm. And it's interesting that now you're literally you just said those words.
1: But can I just say my favorite identity in God is being a child?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's my favorite because <laughs> I know you when you were uh, when you said that you wanted to talk about a couple of different areas and one of them was um you know my faith and one of them was about friendship with God. I did think but my favorite identity is being a child Mm. why because being a friend you have equal responsibility and yes God asks of that that kind of relationship and it's fun to go beyond a child sometimes and you know like speak like with even more confidence and with even more and I do that I'm like hey friend Mm. like sometimes when I'm praying I'm like hey friend Like, here's what's happening. Um, And sometimes it's it's nice to actually forget that you're just a child because there are some issues that you would only want to talk to with friends and not necessarily with your parents. Yeah. (laughs) Like, if you're going through relationship problems or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, hey, friend, like... she's she's being a moody girl give me some help give
0: me some guidance give me some patience
1: (laughs) hey Fran, she's so impatient like you know i'm trying my best here and she doesn't listen to me (laughs) there's comfort but my favorite identity in god is being a child because i think as a child there's humility yes Mm -hmm. you you are less in status to your parents and you speak with respect whenever you speak but there's so much less responsibility and I love being reminded of that I think I just love being a child
0: yeah I think it's um what's your
1: favorite yeah so far?
0: I think it is being a child too is because it? um and it kind of ties to me the way I see it the way I feel it is that you're never truly alone. You always have this father. And I always, this, it's really interesting because for the last sort of good few months, I came to terms that I have two fathers, mm. one on earth, one in heaven. Mm. And it's so interesting because it allows me to be way more forgiving to my father on earth, mm. who is a human, who was a vessel, who was a vehicle for me, you know, to be here, to mm. exist. And then manage their relationship with my Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father and being a child to both. um, And it helped me seek um, help, right, Um, in the toughest of times. Mm. Also, when I felt lonely, Mm. I came back to God. And what's interesting is that God has incredible ways to, to help you out, to bring you from your sort of deepest, darkest of times Um, it can happen through another person, it can happen through something you read, it can happen through, yeah, reading the Bible, but it can happen through literally anything, a vision, a a dream, anything, Mm. and um, he'll call you, um, and you will know when he's calling you for your right path, it's just such a strange, extraordinary feeling when all of a sudden there is clarity mm. and you know where to go, you yeah. know what to follow, you know what's good for you because you feel it like it's just... You It's you can't describe it with words, I don't think.
1: What, can I ask a question, actually? So what's one way that you feel like God has spoken to you mm. recently? So interestingly,
0: <clears throat> when you were talking about um, physical pain and suffering, mm. I never before had this tangible testimony to god's love and um um and yeah almost you know miracle Mm. in a sense of i was and i'm still i mean i don't know what's going to happen and that's kind of part of that uncertainty that we trust and, and have faith but for the last 10 years i've been having quite severe upper body pains and it's been kind of on and off i've been going to like uh, emergency units gps hospital visits scans and whatever and they can't find a solution they can't find a diagnosis for what's going on mm-hmm. and i have been um hit with a week of i think this was maybe like three weeks ago a week of extreme pain which mm-hmm. was extremely debilitating and i was almost ready to give up
1: is that when i saw you last
0: um, or is that after after mm-hmm. i think shortly after And what happened then was, I feel like I have completely just given, you know, this problem to God for the first time. I felt like I'm truly out of ideas. I cannot handle this by myself. There's other humans trying to help, but we're not getting anywhere. So God, please, you take care of this. And I went out with faith and I literally just, you know, did that. Mm. And then what happened was, I didn't actually you know, it didn't just happen, nothing just happened like that, like, it just didn't go away, but what happened was, all of a sudden, I felt like someone sent, like, instilled a message in my head, which said, do not settle, and then it goes, like, keep on moving, Mm. and then what I, and I was thinking about it, what does it mean, do not settle, keep on moving, don't settle, and then, when I was thinking about it, um I realized that every time I was in this pain, which was literally like a nine out of ten kind of pain on my mm-hmm. on my scale, mm-hmm. where I would be in bed because I was unable to move, I realized that 's when I have to move. I cannot keep still, I need to keep moving right. so I went on a walk mm-hmm. it I felt better, but not miraculously you know zero out of ten just mm-hmm. yet. then I was like, okay i 'm feeling slightly better. I'm going to get on with my day Mm -hmm. as I planned before and see what happens. By the end of that day, I felt a two out of 10 pain.
1: Okay. A lot better. A lot better. A lot better.
0: And then I kept thinking to myself that I was getting this message out of nowhere. And it was, you know, Mm. not for the last 10 years have I gotten that. Mm. and it it just came from nowhere i mean it came from god
1: was that the the best the pain had gotten or have you had that kind of level before do you know
0: what it was as severe Mm -hmm. but i never was able to manage it right i mean i was managing it with um very um powerful painkillers which would literally put me to sleep Mm -hmm. and make me you know take me out of my day
1: so this was without medication this was
0: about medication mm-hmm. it was just a revelation of an answer to an to a prayer you know that I, I, would, I would
1: hold on to that olga and i would remember it because when god sometimes you think that your thoughts are just your thoughts and some, other times you think it's god speaking to you and it's just your thoughts as well um but you know like you you said and my sister and i were saying this the same thing when god speaks to you you just know you yeah, know that you it's love. God. Yeah, you absolutely. It, he doesn't have a voice um, mm-hmm. oftentimes in your thoughts. It's just a thought. But you just know because it's this different thing. It's this holy voice. There's nothing heavy about it. It's a light voice. And he speaks to you in your thoughts as well. Um, he can speak to you in your mind or put an impression on your heart. Like, hey, do this. and you're kind of, And what you said, I've had that feeling before where mm. God says something and you're like, wait, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh. Yeah,
0: because I couldn't... You know, I got that and I wasn't sure what it meant. And only with, you know, a good few hours of kind of reflecting on it, I realized, oh, maybe that's what's... And when Mm. I realized that, like the actual step that I can take, you know, tangibly, I felt that clarity, what I said before, in terms of you feel, you're you're so full of conviction that this Mm. is the way forward for you.
1: I'm just so glad that, like, I just see... I see how much you've changed in Mm. the last sort of, you know, decade or so that I've known you. And I just, I do feel the grace of God in your life. I can see it. Um, Just like I would have seen, you know, other people used to say to me, like, hey, we see the grace of God in your life. And sometimes you're not too sure if it's the grace of God. But looking back, I agree 100% Mm. with them. it was the grace of God. And Mm. he's just telling you to keep moving. So I love that he literally is like... Do not settle. Keep moving. <laughs> uh, and sometimes, what God says actually has like one meaning that you understand, but it also has another meaning, because what He says has such a rich meaning for your life. He he never he doesn't speak too much. He's not a very talkative guy in that sense. But mm-hmm. when he speaks, he speaks with intention. Mm-hmm. So I. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you meant it in other ways as well. Like keep moving. Like, oh yeah, I mean, do you know what? This is <laughs>
0: this is absolutely something that I can take on across multiple other areas of my life, which also needed help mm. and salvation and clarity. Mm. So yeah, it's a, it was an incredible uh, moment for me. I'm and... excited for you,
1: bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm
1: excited you. at what God is doing, and I, I'm just. What I love is that you're kind of taking it on with so much um, sincerity, sincerity, mm-hmm. sincerity. Yes.
0: Sincerity. Sincerity,
1: yeah, yeah. I just feel like you are. You're not taking it like just at face value. You're thinking about what you're doing, and you're intentionally pursuing God, and you're responding to what He says, and you're recognizing His voice. Mm. And I think then He's gonna speak to you more because mm-hmm. you, you're listening and you're doing what He's saying. He mm. will speak to you more. He is around. And he is everything that he's writing in the bible i want you to like literally know that it is for you absolutely
0: yeah there is another uh, passage from Matthew, my last one <laughs> yeah, yeah <go> on. <laughs> and i think again it just i mean i had no idea that this would come in handy to be honest but it is really handy so it says therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own mm. Which again spoke to me last week.
1: Can you repeat that? Because I feel like I needed to hear that.
0: Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Mm. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just focus on the day. Yeah. Live this day. Tomorrow will come. Live that day. Tomorrow will (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) have faith.
0: And have faith. Yeah. Yeah. That you're not alone in, in all of this.
1: I love that. I love that.
0: And um, kind of just to slowly wrap up, I wanted to know how your faith translates into your life, Mm
1: -hmm. but not
0: personally, potentially, professionally. And this comes to mind just because I feel like with my professional decisions, Mm -hmm. they have always been somewhat guided by God and the bible and what the values that are shared there Hmm. um in terms of you know working in ethical sustainable fashion yeah um, caring for other people how they're treated um that the planet we are living in as well uh, being part of it i wonder if um if this has any impact at all and how you translate that into who you are professionally as well
1: okay Um, Yes, I think, like I've said, mentioned before, I think what I try and do is um, treat others how I would like to be treated, which are words like, you know, from Jesus, he's like, do to your neighbor as -hmm. you would to yourself. Um, Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do try and do that. I do try and love people as I would myself. Or if I can't imagine them as myself because they're so different from me, I try and literally think, how would I do, how would I, if it's for example a woman in her 50s and I can't relate mm-hmm. and she maybe she has a, she's coming across as like you know really agitated or upset and she's just not doing what policy is, requires her to do and she's not complying
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm like well sometimes my mom would do that out of frustration and I try and see her in that kind of position but I, I'm i not just thinking these things. And sometimes it's, you know, someone who's my brother's age and I'd be like, okay, well, you know what, how would I help out my brother? Um, I know it's going to take me an extra five minutes to do this and I might be running behind a little bit on this, this, this. But how can I just help this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, And sometimes it will be to be a bit more fair because I sometimes things, policies can be... Um, there can be loopholes in them and you can let people get away with it if you're kind of lazy and kind of cost your organization money. But sometimes it's like, hey, this isn't really justice. You need to um, tell this person this is wrong. So sometimes it's being that boldness as well. But I would credit all of these thoughts, not to myself, not to my good values and morals, but to Jesus's words. If he hadn't spoken those words thousands of years ago and if he hadn't preserved his word and gotten that message to us, then i wouldn't be thinking along this line and i maybe wouldn't go the extra mile for this person mm-hmm. um, i'm just going to be honest i'm not really like naturally just you know my own personality i'm not really the most loving or the most patient person mm-hmm. but i can be quite selfish mm-hmm. i can be just you know i can blend in with the crowd if you leave me there and like there's no god around me and there's no teachings around me I can just become what everyone else is mm-hmm. and sometimes I can be lazy and moody. and sometimes I can if someone's mean to you you just want to be mean back mm-hmm. but there sometimes you know for people there will be people who will just be like you know out of their own integrity will be like no the organization values were this and this is what we're written on the website many people aren't like that as well that mm-hmm. I will just think okay well you know what the the driving force for me to change How I react in certain situations or how I feel towards certain people is because of God. When he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Or, you know, things like do to others what you would have them do to you. Mm -hmm. Or even like little motivators that God has said in the Bible. Like, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And that's one of my favorite verses from the Bible. Because I have lived this countless times. I've gone the extra mile for people at places of work. And I have felt like people have gone the extra mile for me mm. in personal lives. Um, when I wasn't expecting it. So I like refreshing others in that sense. Nice. Like if they're just yeah. expecting an ordinary service and just for someone to like give them a few answers, I don't mind understanding, hey, he needs that little bit mm-hmm. more surety, he, mm-hmm. he needs that little bit more time, she needs that little bit more. Um, mm. and I don't mind giving that and refreshing others and I'm like, Okay, yes, well God likes people who refreshes others. Um, but also sometimes it can mean that I can be a little bit more strict as well. Mm. Um, if I feel like someone is committing fraud and I have so many colleagues who just let it go.
0: Mm.
1: And they're like, oh, well, it's not really let it go. Everyone lets it go. Like, it's not really your job. Uh, well, you also want to live with integrity. Yeah. You want to be thinking about bringing a profit to your organization. You want to be thinking about preserving funds for the right people. Yeah. So they don't run yeah. out for the right people. So sometimes I'll actually go that extra mile and calling out fraud or asking those extra questions and kind of putting on a little bit more of a uh, strict persona where Mm, there needs to be because I often think God is a God of justice so I think a lot of my faith influences how I act but it's according to like each situation case by case
0: Yeah. yeah no that's beautiful um and yeah kudos to you for having that courage to yeah to be um faithful to God even beyond your personal life and um spread that positive um, message, but also yeah, um, being of value and help to others. That's really thank you. Great, because yeah, I mean a lot of it is unrecognized, but we know who recognizes it at the end of the day, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <It laughs> and that's what around. matters. Yeah, there is
1: actually a verse in the Bible that says you're. Good works are not in vain. Yeah. And I, be, I think it's t- it's good to remind yeah, yourself of it that. it is.
0: It is, absolutely. Um, do you have any final thoughts, anything you would like to maybe share with anyone listening to this, maybe anyone seeking faith?
1: Um, if anyone is seeking faith, first of all, I respect that you are seeking faith uh, because yeah. I think, and even if you're not necessarily seeking faith, um, from from Christianity, I just think it's good that you're seeking God. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, I was I was saying about Sikhism, and one thing I I have to give credit words to you is apparently the word Sikh mm-hmm. is a Punjabi word which literally means Sikh, like which literally means, uh, learn, like, oh. uh, Sikh, Sikhle in huh? Punjabi they would say which is like learn something. Um, and they're they're rooted in a place of learning and seeking God Um, and I think if you have that hunger I do believe that if you are seeking God and then you seek Jesus you will find that your your thirst is satisfied Um, so please continue seeking God even if it's not the same path that I've had where you've had a Christian family or continue seeking God and you know what I'm not even against people who find that kind of you know like they're like, "Hey, I am seeking God, and I'm really happy here, okay, you're seeking God, you're doing something like you're you're open mm. um seek God, but so that's what I would say like continue, continue with that, and I respect that um but there was also something I wanted to. I liked one of the questions that you'd kind of sent before and I kind of knew, like, I read, read over the document a little bit and I was like, okay, we'll, we'll be discussing this now. Mm-hmm. You, I think you kind of wanted to finish with um, two things, which was where are you now in terms of faith and then sustainability? So I do want to talk <laughs> just briefly okay. on those as well. Go for First, it. let me ask you, if I was to ask you to just give a brief summary of where you are in terms of um, your relationship with God,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where do you think you are just now? And you can be honest.
0: Yeah, well, I think I am on a, on a journey of not settling. So setting my life to really never settle, mm-hmm. never feel comfortable or too comfortable with my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I think even when you... Sometimes it's easier to, for our human brain to understand and grasp relationships that are so out of this world, right? Outwardly. Mm-hmm. Um, like our relationship with God, with Jesus. Yeah. Um is to kind of look at your relationships with other people, right? And when you and for instance, I saw my sister the other week and it was wonderful to connect with her again. And um and it made me it reminded me that if you want a close-knit, deep, meaningful relationship with anyone, you need to never settle on that relationship. It's a work in progress until you die. You you can't just establish it and you think that will be it for the rest of your life, and I think that's where I'm at with my relationship with Jesus, is this journey will forever be evolving. It will never settle, and yeah, and I think it's it's that journey of trusting because it's so easy to fall uh, off um, when you know when you deal with, for instance, uh, when other people do you wrong, for instance. And then the forgiveness is so, so difficult for us humans. Mm. And that's, for instance, when um, I feel like I doubt, you know, I have those moments of doubt. Um, and again, it's that idea of never settling. It's like, no, I have to pick myself up again and keep moving with Jesus. Nice. Mm. I like that. Do you want to re- refer, refer back to that? And I don't know. Do you have yeah, yeah, else I to can say? answer that as well.
1: Yeah. Um In terms of where I am with my mm. relationship with God, I think what's happening nowadays is I, I think there are definitely some truths that I've carried on from the beginning, but there were also definitely some lies that I picked up along. Mm. Um, and one of them was one thing just kept haunting me. Was like, hey, like, are you sure God loves you? Are you sure God loves you? And recently, I think what what's happening in my relationship with God is. I am being reminded to go back to the truths that I believed Mm. when I first experienced him and his tangible presence... And the first times where I knew that God is real, he's with me, he showed me things and he took me on adventures and all of that. Mm. But that was based in this one truth that attracted me towards God, which was he does love you. Mm. Um, He's not going to strike lightning on you if you try and make your first step towards him. In fact, anything, he's going to be like smiling and Mm. really happy to have you. Your first few steps or, you know, even further along. So I was reminded uh, there was this verse in the Bible in Galatians chapter 1, maybe chapter 2, but uh, definitely in the book of Galatians. And it was saying um, if anyone tries to teach you something that is contrary to the gospel that you heard when you first came to God Mm -hmm. or when you've received God, let that person be accursed and i was like there's no such person i can physically see who's telling me things that are contrary to what i believed initially but these there are thoughts that i have mm. sometimes or there are feelings sometimes that i have which are contrary to this and um I was like, okay, well, sometimes Satan speaks to you in your mind. Mm, just like mm-hmm. God speaks to you in your yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah. um, if you're having an intrusive thought, a lot of people always oh, get intrusive thoughts. If you're having an intrusive thought and it's like, hey, no one loves you. Go kill yourself. Like whatever. Mm. Chances are it probably is Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, you know, He's your enemy for a reason. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think, okay, well, even though there's no physical person, but even if there is someone who's telling me things or something that's telling me, or even if it's my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. um then let that thought be accursed like so i think where where i am with my relationship with is god, with god is coming back to that place of hey he loves me he mm-hmm. is my father my one of my favorite things in life is being a child of god mm-hmm. there's so little responsibility in, t- in comparison to the benefits like he provides for me so much like every yes i have to do the work just mm-hmm. like any son would but if your father can use his influence and give Mm -hmm. you favor and get you a good job and he can get you a good wife because Mm -hmm. that's also uh, in the bible and thank god for my beautiful Mm -hmm. wife and he can get you in many good things like you know he provides your food and your clothes and everything like i love being a child Mm -hmm. it's so carefree and i'm just coming back to that kind of relationship with my father and even if I am inconsistent some days where I'll forget to pray or I'll be lazy when I finish work and I just don't have time or whatever the reasons are, I really do enjoy my relationship with God mostly. like Well, I really do enjoy my relationship um with God, but so much as a child. And I love having that. So I feel like that's where I am with my relationship with God.
0: Okay, that's beautiful. I mean, what I can add to that is... um. Something I'm working on as well is, um, it's interesting because I actually, for the longest, since I really started having a relationship with God, I would always start with being grateful, the gratitude element, and I would be afraid to ask and seek Mm -hmm. help and pray. And um, I always felt like I need to show God that I am able but then, actually, surrendering and saying you're not, and that you need that help from your father, as you're describing, is not not new, but it's new. I'm taking it to another level of newness mm. um yeah, like more of a complete surrender rather than selectively asking for help,
1: like I said, one of my favorite things is actually yeah. even if you're not good enough or even if you feel like i'm not I, i'm not I haven't really been spending as much time with my father and you you wanna go back to that place, one of my favorite things is, you know, like having that relationship with him. So mm-hmm. literally like before you pray, just tell yourself if you need to remind yourself, just say it. Yeah. I think if God sees you like reminding yourself of the truth, he's yeah. not gonna be upset, he's gonna be pleased. Yeah. Just I am a child, I can ask for help. Like <laughs> bless share with God. Oftentimes what you'll find is you're praying about something and God will already like kind of show you the way. Mm-hmm. Um you don't even sometimes need to ask but actually he likes you asking he Mm -hmm. likes you. he's also um he he loves receiving the honor of being asked and Mm -hmm. he loves that respect as well there is actually respect when you Mm -hmm. ask someone for help yeah that's true yeah out of everyone they could have asked like okay she 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 thinks highly of me so go ahead and ask away (laughs) (laughs)
0: lovely well um I'm loving this conversation to be honest. It has been so great. And um uh, if you I mean I have already mentioned that element of, you know, what drew me to sustainability and whatnot and my career choices. You know, we have all the standards, no you know, there's no set rules. We can mm. take more time if you want to briefly touch on um that element and how you see those marry together. Um, within the context of faith is there any thoughts that you may have on sustainability yeah I'm really interested
1: so I know that you own a company that's all about (laughs) (laughs) sustainability
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um where for yes and for me I wasn't too crazy about sustainability and I think with the larger sort of Christian crowd there's sort of two groups who who have views on sustainability and being eco-friendly about certain things and um, all of that, Yeah. there's the crowd that says, it's all gonna end anyway, what's the point of trying? <laughs> but there's the other crowd that says, hey, but when God made the earth, even though he knew one day it was gonna end, he told Adam... To take care of it, and he mm. said, "I'm giving you dominion to manage it well, and mm-hmm. to uh, I'm 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 giving you dominion to take care and to have dominion over animals and the land." And mm-hmm. he gave you a, a job to do, which was initially like you know maintaining the garden, and yeah, like now what people relate it to as is like maintaining the bigger garden, which is this beautiful earth that we have, and um, you're supposed to do things to look after it. I think, um, if you are being sustainable. Um and that's your reasoning, like there's literally nothing wrong with it or mm. anti Christian. If yeah. anything it's more um you know, a place of I think it's a better place to be in if you are trying to take care of the earth and you're not just trying to waste away everything that you that is at your disposal. Um, and you're trying to tend to the land that's been given to you. You're trying to nurture it. You're trying to take care of your body. So why not your environment? And mm. There's another perspective as well, right? Like you don't know when God is coming back to mm. <laughs> renew this earth. or so yeah. you have no idea if it's going to be like, you know, 70 generations down the line. Mm. You want to leave a good place for your children, whatever is in your control. So I do believe in um, making wise choices mm-hmm. um, from that end. However, when it comes to I know that you specifically talk about sustainability, um, in terms of like fast fashion, yeah, um, versus sustainable fashion, and I think there is with sustainable fashion, um, I would love to actually start being a bit more responsible, uh, responsible in my choices of clothing, um, but sometimes I can just shop from really like whatever everyone else does, um. And the reason for that isn't, you know, like, I don't want to be sustainable now. It's more so that sometimes the fast fashion places are a lot cheaper. Yeah. So if you're someone in your 20s, I have had that issue where I'm like, oh, me and my sister have had this con and we're like, oh, we know it's not being sourced in the most (laughs) Mm -hmm. like sustainable way. It's not being produced with the most fair wages. Um, Because how like, you know, for example, if you're shopping from Shein or something, like my sister literally felt kind of bad about it she was like oh mm. I knew but at the same time like they were they are literally like the cheapest place and she's been conflicted in making her decision and I feel like I have had that at one point as well so what I'm telling myself now is even if I am not someone who is just going from you know flipping from a, a reckless sort of fashion um, and shopping habits yeah. to completely going uh, you know, only responsible uh, sources and only sustainable clothing and all of that. What I can do is reduce. Yeah. What I do from fast fashion, and I ha- that's actually had an influence on me, and I think mainly after you talked about it to Mm. me i i do think i will give you that credit (laughs) (laughs) because if it didn't have if you didn't bring it up and stuff like it wouldn't really be at the top of my mind my social media is not really full of it or anything yeah no one around else around me is like passionate about that yeah but um when people do speak up it goes to your mind and you think okay well what can i do to change it Mm -hmm. a little bit more so what i now do is i'll try and reduce what i do from fast fashion Mm and i'll be maybe looking for a bit more sustainable shopping as well or at least somewhere that's not dirt cheap. Yeah. So you know that someone's at least being paid like fair yeah. wages and things like that. Um, but interesting, I was I was thinking about it before coming and I was like, one of the ways I can do that is vintage clothing. Yeah, right? I was um, going
0: to say, there is no just, it's not just fast fashion and expensive, sustainable, ethical fashion. Yeah. There is a, an array of choices in between. Like there's a which, cheap,
1: cheap place that you yeah. can go. Um, you can buy vintage clothes. Yeah, charity shopping as well. That's kind of like recycling clothes, right?
0: Absolutely, reusing, um, extending the useful life of things. It's, um, yeah. I always tell people that in sustainability, there is no one correct answer. Mm. But I think what's interesting is if you have any of these conflicting thoughts, again, why don't you give it to God and ask him? Can you guide me? Can you help me be less conflicted? Um, can you give me? you know, could, could maybe, you know, um, yeah, I'm just making things up, but it could be that God sends you, me on your path (laughs) Mm. to be that vessel for, you know, making a change, a positive change in your life. And, and I think it kind of ties the entire conversation really well, because we spoke about addiction at the start of the conversation. And a lot of people are addicted to consumerism and buying and fast fashion Mm. and whatnot. It's kind of like this dopamine hits and, that is in itself very distru- disturbing and destructive for for a person. So again, go back to God with these struggles, and ask Him for help.
1: I've I never think. really, I've never really thought about it like that, but definitely an option.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely an option. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interest. I always find it fascinating how can we bring God to these very modern day problems, mm. right? It's not just about um managing the relationship we have but with with God and ourselves but Hmm. can we also act like how would God want us to act with what where we're at now Hmm. where we got to and whatnot so yeah
1: I do wonder like what his opinion is on the yeah
0: I mean I always wonder why care for the earth or why care about sustainability
1: or any of our you know global warming versus you should do what you can yeah um
0: I mean, yeah. for me, I've always been, yes, I'm, I'm ad, I'm an, I am an advocate for preserving the earth and living in a healthy environment mm. because I feel and I think we humans are part of the environment. We are equally animals mm. and we are part of this ecosystem. And if we don't care for it, then that um, has an effect on us, right? I mean, mm. we're now we're seeing that we are literally there's microplastics everywhere, including in, inside of fish and whatnot. Mm. So, we are now part of that material world as well as you know with all with all of what's happening and you know what, I
1: agree if there's something that you can do yeah, to slow that to, process, yeah. I do think that you know like it, it, it will all finish at the end of the day, but if there's something that you can do to slow the rotting away of the earth,
0: yeah, why not yeah, why not and um Especially when it comes to things like modern-day slavery and uh, exploitation and whatnot, and it's 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 your problem. It's it's you. You know, by consuming, you are causing those problems. You're making a decision with your wallet to to put someone at that fate, right? And it's and and I'm not. You know, there are definitely cases and scenarios where there is. You're not responsible because you just have this much disposable income. You live in a certain context, in a certain society. Maybe you're a mother of four and you literally can only uh, you know, afford a fast fashion outlet. And mm. that's absolutely, it's not your fault. There is a whole discussion about responsabilization who should really be yeah. responsible. But as much as you can make those... Better, more conscious decisions, thinking about both the environment and the people.
1: So, what would you say? I know that Shein is probably not mm. the most like recommended organization no. to buy from.
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> can you name some
1: common, like, and slightly affordable places where you can buy clothing from?
0: Do you know what? It's interesting. One of them
1: being Weefer.
0: for <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting because um, more and more any um, kind of medium range brand. Will be trying because mm. they're part of the business environment they know that if they don't you know come with times they will um, they will fall behind consumers want better made clothes as well, and they're mm. looking for information. so what I would suggest first of all is um buy less but buy better mm-hmm. so that in that sense you're you might have to put aside more some money or um forego. Having a huge wardrobe, but we don't really use much of what is we Marks are. and
1: Spencers so things good. like
0: yeah, I think what's nice is to if you're going into an a retail outlet first of all maybe go on their website and see what do they talk about is there any information that they share that's you know that you can then process and make a more conscious decision and I think B is you know certifications and things like that like marks and Spencers they're a huge organization and they for sure they do something to drive a better change so for instance if you're buying a t-shirt you could look for things like got certification because that certifies it's both environmentally um less polluting and um negative on the environment there something on the tag that says yes exactly got certification certification. or anything that i mean some people stray away from things like organic and whatnot but actually if it's certified organic cotton then actually that's already a step forward
1: okay cool
0: and then also just i think uh, overall if you can look at labels and read labels more and buy as little polyester as you can
1: okay and that's why is that
0: because polyester is essentially plastic and -hmm. that takes 200 to 500 years to disappear off Mm -hmm. the planet and um, if it's burned that emits toxic fumes and whatnot it's hard to You would, you know, a lot of um, polyester is being recycled, but you can only recycle things once. And then when you recycle it again, it actually um, changes the composition. So you cannot recycle anything forever. Um, So there is, it's a huge conversation. But um, I think if you're trying to be better, it's the first step is to buy less, but try to buy better quality. Yeah. And I think try to seek other outlets it 's not just about going online and seeking the first thing that you are used to. Try to um, follow pages you know try to seek maybe niche brands like Warfare, for instance, or try to um, seek other opportunities for instance, swapping like you can swap your clothes with people nowadays you don 't always have to buy you can rent clothes as well oh. so there are m- an array of choice that you can now make. That does not just involve but you going... you say going.
1: Array, Or do you say aray? You say aray? I
0: don't
1: know. A-R-R-A-Y? Yeah. I always used to say it as aray. Oh, really? I wonder array. what's right. Maybe... An aray. People... It is an array of array? Right? I always used to be like oh an array of choices. <laughs> that's Maybe true. the 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 people who are listening, if anyone does listen yeah, can to us, you please, this, we are, <laughs> we, this is
0: English is not our first language. I was just like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, English is my first language. This is it the is one I'm it. better at. Okay.
0: Well, but it's you're not. It's it's not really your first language. is
1: it? It's not my mother tongue, but I would say yeah. this is the one. that's your is best my language? First language is okay. in like. This is the one I think, and, and yeah, yeah, then I need fair. to translate to other places. Yeah. Okay, well, if you are listening, <laughs> common is it
0: Please Olga's it pronunciation,
1: and... which is Are, or my pronunciation, which is Are.
0: <laughs> I think there is a, maybe there is an American and English. I don't know. Don't ask me, because I, yeah. We're anyway.
1: immigrants, okay?
0: <laughs> right, I think this is definitely taking a turn of its own right now. And I think just to kind of go back to the, to the, message of this conversation um this conversation will for sure stay with me and will um accelerate my faith and i'm really glad i was able to do this um i hope you have similar feelings about it Um, it's really lovely to connect i think it's nice to open up about your faith as well Mm. and this is not i was even telling you before um we sat down that what i'm doing now feels like the biggest Um, stepping out of my comfort zone ever Mm. (laughs) Uh, and it happens all around yeah going out seeking communities and joining groups and whatnot and this is literally I mean I've done lots of crazy things but I feel like this is the craziest yet Mm. (laughs) which is an interesting thing
1: no thank you for allowing me I just I like that you're being a little less apologetic about what you're going through in terms of your faith and you're Mm. you're you're putting you're happy to have a conversation and it, I'm sure it will make some people think, oh, I wasn't prepared for this. Because, mm. I, like I said, me coming to Christ was more from a supernatural way and um, some natural ways as well. Um, and But I'm just glad that let's just be real. Like, yeah. if we are experiencing something, why not talk about it? Because I think that's also one of the things when pe- other people have been unapologetic and mm. when they've been real... And they're like, hey man, Like, I know that the world is telling you this, 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 but this is what I'm going through and this is what I feel God is calling us to do. It's kind of woken me up to mm. God and it's only led me to live a life, like I said, one of my favorite things in life is being a child of God. And I love that. So if someone else can have that joy, why not? Yeah, share Let's just the be joy. About yeah, it. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I think just living a life of faith is, I think, a really nice message to to wrap up. with. But
1: also, I'm thinking about what you're saying in terms of sustainability as well. So mm-hmm. I do think your bigger goal, of mm-hmm. course, you want to talk about um your company because it is doing the good work. But the reason behind that was sustainability something you believe in and i actually do think you're a good influence in that sense and i will be looking out for um at least some of what i can retain what you're saying yeah right well
0: thank you so much it was a real pleasure and yeah god bless
1: you thank you thank you for having me god bless you too
0: thank you